Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are going to be giving you one of 50 Mama interviews. These interviews have been conducted by Drama Victoria over the last two years to celebrate their 50th birthday. These 50 interviews are 50 conversations with 50 legends of the Victoria drama teaching game. So sit back, relax and enjoy a slightly longer than usual version of The Aside. Please note that the audio quality varies depending on where the interview was recorded. Welcome everybody. I'm here with Belinda Peterson, another legend, who has agreed to talk with us today about her life in drama, in educational drama. So welcome, Belinda. Thank you, Robin. First question, how, why and when did you become involved in drama as an educator? As an educator, I went to Melbourne State College, but pre that, I was at Huntingdale Tech, which was an alternative school which offered drama. It was one of the few places Mm. you could do TOP drama. So that inspired me to go on to Melbourne State College with a lot of the drama colleagues that are around now. And there I met Kate Donnellan, Roma Burgess and Pam Gaudry, who were my inspirations. And why I got into drama? Well, I'd always felt that I wanted to be an educationalist. But um, I think it came from the need to perform and to dress up when I was very small, which wasn't a very sound way of thinking about it, but that's where it came from. Just a love of dress-ups. A love of dress-ups. Of becoming somebody or something else. That's it, stepping into someone else's shoes. Yeah, yeah, and being able to have the imagination and play all day. <laughs> yes, absolutely, and it seemed that that's what drama was about. And and when when is this? When are we talking? 70s? Um, no, it was 1982, okay. so um, I was a young mother at the time. I had a baby. I was the only one at college with a baby, and I used to strap the baby on a backpack and go down to Melbourne State College and put her in the crèche <laughs> and in between lectures and workshops I used to run down and see how the baby was and run upstairs again. Wow. So it was quite a different way of learning about teaching and drama. I also did my Peter Slade research on her. Really? So when we did uh, Peter Slade's child drama book we had to do a research piece and of course who did I study but the in the in-house child. The in-house child, very handy. You had your own subject directly yeah. at hand. <laughs> Work and play. <laughs> now, what changes have you witnessed during your time as a, as a drama teacher? Well, when we started off, Dorothy Hefkett, Peter Slade were very much the turn points of drama. But what we really noticed in our graduating years is that drama had made this big change from being a very play-oriented thing to being something of educational purpose so what we'd had beforehand was this it's a good it's probably an awful way of saying it but it was an arty farty approach which was all very hands-on and massage and relaxation and what Gaudry and Burgess did was try and drag it into the to the 80s by saying well it's an art form but it's not just theatre it's about human development so they always put the art form with the human development Mm. goals together which was a really new way of looking at drama Mm -hmm. and so from that we had drama stopped being a group B HSC subject to being an actual VCE subject in its own right 
I remember that shift and, and many of us do. Yeah, we it had was the very significant. Report. Yeah, it was a significant time to be in drama <coughs> education as a new person. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And uh, and with that came a sort of a a rigor, an expectation and the whole conversation about how do we assess this? Remember all of that? All of that. All and of is, that. is written work valuable? It couldn't possibly be valuable. How can you write about drama? Yes. And yes. there was a lot of debate about how drama should just be experiential and, and never any analysis or evaluation to, That's right. should take place. There were some people that were emphatic about students not writing. There remember? were. And then there was a school of process writing and it was very up in the air, It was wasn't a very it? political debate at the time. Yes. It certainly was. Um, can we talk about highs and lows of your career? And you can start with one or other. I guess some of the amusing lows would be when I first started teaching drama, teaching in the RE Centre. <laughs> and I always felt by, constrained by Jesus looking down at me from above, <laughs> thinking, oh my goodness, what's going to happen next? <laughs> but highs and lows, I guess for me, some of the lows are those times where you feel like you're a bit burnt out and you've run out of things to say. and and can you approach something in a new and fresh way when you've been teaching it for so long. And do you think that that particular low is linked to the fact that many drama teachers work in isolation? Definitely, and I've worked in isolation my whole career. Oh, so really? I never had a, a, So even now you are a one-person department? No, we're a two-person department, but the other person and I don't work together. Oh, okay. We work completely separately. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. There, I think there are many, many teachers out there that have like experience and it does, I think it does tend to push you sometimes to a low point, That's mm. that feeling of being close to burnout because you're just plugging away at what you're doing. Yeah. And you become so secure in what you're doing that you're not prepared to try as much as you could that's actually new and innovative. Mm, mm. So the other low points, I guess, are things like being in schools that have high levels of difficulty in terms of one of the schools I was in, there was a lot of drug and gang violence. Oh, okay. The drama was a really safe place for a lot of kids, fortunately for us, and none of that affected us directly, but it was just a stress on my teaching life. Yes. It came into the classroom that way yeah. rather than the kids that were in the actual class. But that said, some of my best teaching occurred at that school. So some of these real little diamonds in the rough were yes. the real high points of my career. Okay. Yeah, they, they were just amazing. They were really prepared to take risks in drama. There was a particularly rough little gang of boys who would do the harker before every drama lesson. <laughs> How interesting. Yeah, and uh, they did some amazing performance pieces. They were quite prepared to go out there and take a risk. Yeah, and a, a sort of a, a resilience there too in that mm. environment, isn't it? Yeah, and quite prepared to to be men that were doing drama when it wasn't f particularly fashionable in our school. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've got memories of uh, boys not really wanting to be involved in dance, if you mm. called it dance. You know, they were content with movement. But now it's very different, you know. Boys are very into dance because of all the new genres of dance. So there's 
things move, don't they, and shift? They do move and shift. Yeah. And where I teach at the moment is very easy in terms of it being an all-girls school. It's um, The girls are nice, they're accepting, they're very uh, good at working collaboratively. It's an easy teaching environment, but that said, I try to make it as stimulating as I possibly can and interesting and engaging. Yeah. And so what do you think is the highest point of your career? I think it would have, funnily enough, I think it would have been putting a few of those early musicals on. Yeah. Which we were always told never to do <laughs> at Melbourne State College. If you're told to do the school musical, say no. Yeah. But having that whole band of kids there all sticking together and working for a, a shared focus was one of the most <laughs> incredible things. It is, isn't it? It is. It's funny to watch it sort of emerge out of all the, the chaos. The, chaos <laughs> the complete chaos and these kids that don't know each other of varying yeah. abilities and age groups and and yet... It can be such an organic thing when you're finished with it. Yeah. And it, it's it's a showy bit of frivolousness, but I think the kids get so much out of it. I think so too. It's the, it's the, the processes in it. Yeah, I do too. That are, um, are so wonderful. So wonderful. Like team sport, isn't it? But it is a, like team sport. On, on a, a creative style. level. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, saw, we talked about the highest point being musicals. Can you separate that from a memorable, a memorable moment? A memorable moment. A memorable moment would have been teaching the VCE drama classes for the first time, for the, the drama course. And again, it was at Monash. Um, and watching kids come to terms with creating this and inspiring themselves into creating monologues or solo performances, of course, as they're called, mm. Mm. and see them coming up with their own characters and um, some of them being quite strong and understanding what that meant and others really struggling with that and yeah. me working with them. Yeah, and having to service all the different needs in, the, in a group. In a group, yeah. yeah. And they were quite varied. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a big challenge for the teachers who are facilitating those processes, isn't it? You have to it be... Um, you have to alter. It's like altering speed up and down all the time. Yeah, and because we had such a varying range of abilities and different abilities in to do with language and mm. making the most of the solo performance when you're writing that text yourself and yet English isn't your first language is... A bit of a challenge. It is a challenge. So, yeah. you, when you've got 15 kids in a class, it's, it's yeah, real challenge. Yes, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword, you know. You want the subject to succeed, you want it to be um, taken up, but then when you do get these bigger classes, you're actually the one that is resourcing, facilitating, leading, implementing everything and it's mm. it's a big, big ask of teachers. It's very, very time consuming. Um, mentors and collaborators that you've had the, uh, the fortune to work with? I've been very fortunate actually. Um, in 2000 I wrote the VCE drama study design and I had a marvellous committee of people that worked with me then but even since when I was the Chief Assessor for Theatre Studies in the written exam, Richard Sellis and I have always worked together on those things and so Richard's always been an absolute mentor to me. Mm -hmm. um, he just understands 
the bureaucracy and what's required and the art form as well and marrying the two together. Yes. So he's always a reassuring hand. Yes, I, I would name Richard as one of my most influential mentors too. Um, a brilliant mind. He has got a brilliant mind. Yes. Yeah. A, very a great problem solver mm. and uh, very and con very considered. Yeah, and he travels travels those two worlds beautifully. And I think so too. Yes. Yeah. He's 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 got a lovely manner and uh, the the depth of his knowledge is incredible. I know. Yeah. Generous. So a generous very... spirit. <laughs> and the other one would be Kate Donnellan. Oh yes. And Kate's, in, especially in my early. Um, career, she very much gave me a lot of opportunities that her and Roma Burgess certainly gave me a lot of opportunities. Roma found the job for me at Monash for example. Kate was always there to give a call to if I didn't quite understand something. She'd done a lot of research on her kids too oh, and she? a lot of her, her research papers included research that she'd done. All these lucky kids of drama teachers. <laughs> Mine were always commissioned to do things like glue feathers on hats or you know, all that sort of thing. They have a bit of a fun life I think. They don't do. They? It's a bit of a blessed life. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Favourite professional learning experiences? Are, are there any that spring to mind? A moment where you've had a, an interaction that's influenced you professionally? The Drama Victoria State Conferences always expand my mind. And in particular, I remember this one year where we were out at the Abbotsford Convent. Of course, then it wasn't the home of Drama Victoria. It was just a conference space that we yeah. were using and I can remember a theatre and education company coming out and I don't even remember the name of the show but it was extraordinary and I remember going home back to school and being so influenced what had been by what had been done that I integrated a whole lot of the techniques that they were using, yeah. getting kids to collaborate on theatre and education. We took a couple of things out to primary schools. So that was really a very big turning point for me in terms of theatre in ed which we don't hear so much about now. No, no. Um, and I, I just think it is is—it is very fertile ground, the conference, isn't it? You know, yeah. very tr the opportunity to have transformative experiences as an educator. Um, Julie Dunn, the keynote speaker yesterday, speaking about process drama, is a case in point. And one of the delegates I was sitting beside said, that has totally changed my understanding of process drama. And you know, it's and it's wonderful that people can come and participate. With and it. these conferences <coughs> are such fertile ground, even if it's the conversations you're having outside. Mm. That's mm. important too. And lovely to see each other. Yes, you absolutely. Know, over the years, it's great. <laughs> it's like <laughs> time lapse photography. <laughs> yeah, it is. And that's why when I go looking, I think, oh, so I've got a vague idea. Oh, no, there you are. I remember now. <laughs> <laughs> Take off 10 pounds and smooth out the wrinkles. Yeah, smooth out the wrinkles. Oh. What do you owe the longevity of your career to, Belinda? I think it's a love of education, not just drama. Okay. Um, so I'd say a belief in students, a belief in kids, wanting to make a difference and yeah. knowing that drama's the subject that you can do that with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think every day getting up and knowing that you're going to work and you're going to work in such a joyful art form mm -hmm. is a great feeling. 
Yeah, I think so too. It's, yeah. Uh, you, you never sort of you never question it really, do you? No, you just get in the car and you think, great, I've got drama today. I'll do this, this, and this, and or I get I will we'll work a bit more on this sort of thing. It's 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 and I this is what happened yesterday. Where should we take that? Yeah, see, you're yeah. back in your dress up box, aren't you? <laughs> I am a bit. <laughs> you are. Yeah, I agree. I think it is. It is. It's a, a quite a joyful and fulfilling profession. I can yeah. I can see sometimes colleagues in other subject areas getting very bored with the tedium of their curriculum but it's not like that for us I don't think. And we've got the opportunity to write a lot of our own curriculum I think that's the point mm. you know no one sits and stands over me unless of course it's VCE and it's mm. very structured and of course we've got our curriculum documents but within those there's so much opportunity for scope and for writing content that's relevant to the particular students that you're working with. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very very enriching for everyone. Yes, and then the longevity follows on. Um, would you have any advice to the next generations of drama educators? Advice: absorb all you can when you're at college or university. Mm -hmm. Do lots of extra reading. Go to as much theatre as you can. Um, make networks so if you're the only person in the drama department make sure that you've got contacts in other schools you can talk to mm -hmm. um, enjoy being out there with the kids be open-minded about the ideas that they have and their needs to own the drama as much as you do mm -hmm. be prepared to make relationships with the kids because it's one of those subjects that you can do that in. You can get to know them really, really well. Yeah, it's unique in that way, I think. Yeah. I think so too. It's, and you talked earlier about in that school where there were a lot of problems, the drama space being a safe space for students to come to. Yeah. And I think that's often the, the way the classroom, the drama classroom works within a school. It's a safe place and a creative, collaborative place where students feel they have a voice, mm. perhaps more than in many other areas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so apart from Drama Victoria, are there any other associations that you, um, you would like to recommend that you're affiliated with? Well, Drama Australia would be, of course, the next association that I'd be affiliated with. Mm -hmm. But I think there's also a lot of professional reading people could do where they could go back to a lot of the early texts like Time for Drama by Burdrian Gorgeous. Yeah. Burdrian Gorgeous. Burgess and Gaudry. Yes. Um, and their dramas one to four, mm -hmm. drama stages one to four. There's lots of good texts, um, <laughs> even funny old ones like Kristen Linglater's Freeing the Natural Voice. There's Peter Slade Child Drama, which it takes on a lot of the process drama, the early, early stuff of that. Mm -hmm. Looking again at Dorothy Heathcote. Yes. So there's a lot of good old stuff to have a look at and immerse yourself in if you've got the time. Yes, and I think after this conference, a, a lot of um, the delegates will be looking for more professional reading because that has come up as a bit of a theme throughout the conference from Julie Dunn's perspective. 
and also from the perspective of um, many of the people who are delivering workshops and things talking about where they how they're informed with their practice and their investigations yeah um, and also um, the NJ the journal yes the NJ Joe journal Raphael was encouraging yep. people to read the, the journal uh, because it does have a lot of very good research yes. and, and relevance to classroom practice. Yeah. So they would be the the ways I would go about it. Um, yeah, the two professional bodies I would be what I would work with. But um, as I said, I keep up with my reading. Mm. Mm. And there's a lot of good books like Centre Stage by Matthew Clausen. Matthew Clausen's book, yeah, is very good. And there's. Um, Performing a Practical Guide, which is another good book. All of these are in the Drama Victoria bookshop. Yeah. So yeah. there's certainly lots of good texts out there and lots of ways that you can keep things fresh by getting ideas, even if you are alone. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for coming along and talking to us and being one of our legends Belinda because you really are a legend you've been very very sort of you've been a constant sort of name and presence throughout the, the growth of drama thank you and um, it's wonderful that you're you're still there and doing your thing oh. and uh, yeah well thanks very much for having me it's a pleasure thanks <laughs> Well, that's all from us at The Aside. There are 49 other mama interviews you might like to listen to, so please do feel free to go and find those and have a listen. Thank you to all the people involved in conducting the mama interviews. The list is extensive. Happy 50th birthday to Drama Victoria, and thank you to the 50 legends for giving us their time. If you would like to ask the aside a question or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening. <laughs>